Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. My name is Ken Braddy, and I have been with you now for several weeks. The first four sessions of your winter quarter. I am LifeWay's Director of Sunday School. I also manage the production of Gospel Project and other curriculum series like Explore the Bible and Bible Studies for Life. And in the first four sessions of our winter quarter that we've studied in the month of December, remember that we were in a, in a unit of study called Out of Egypt, I Called My Son. And we learned there that God shares his name, he, sh he shows his power, he saves his people, and God shows his faithfulness. Those were our first four sessions. Well, this coming week, we begin a brand new unit, unit number five, to dwell in the house of the Lord. And our study of Exodus continues. And so for the month of January, the 2nd, 9th, 16th, 23rd, and the 30th, these five sessions will continue to build on what we've already studied about Moses and the, uh, the Israelites and their departure from Egypt. And so this first session that we'll be teaching on January the 2nd, that New Year's weekend, is called Failure in the Wilderness. It's from Exodus chapter 16 and 17. Well, let's take a look at the session outline. And you'll remember that we almost always divide these Bible studies into three different sections. The first section of your coming lesson is titled, The Lord's Provision Test His People's Obedience. The second section of your lesson that middle part is titled, The Lord's Provision Continues Despite His People's Failings. And the third and final section of your lesson is, The Lord's Provision is Gracious in Response to His People's Demands. And you can obviously hear that the Lord's Provision theme in these three sections of your lesson. Well, what will my group learn? Well, the Lord provides for His people even when they are undeserving. That's the one thing we want them to walk away with this week is remembering that even when we are undeserving, the Lord still provides graciously for his people. How will my group see Christ through this lesson? Well, remember that Moses struck the rock instead of the people and the water flowed for their salvation. Jesus is the rock who was struck in our place for our salvation. Jesus provides living water that satisfies all who trust him. And finally here, how should my group respond to this Bible study? Well, because we have experienced God's grace through the striking of his son, we receive God's faithful provision for our daily needs with gratitude as we seek to testify about his kindness. And we do this, we testify about his kindness to others so that they too may come to trust in him. Well, there is a tremendous uh, opening question. Again, I've just I've been bragging on the editors the last several sessions about these tremendously great uh, opening icebreaking questions for your lesson. I hope that you're taking full advantage of those as you look at your leader guide and those suggestions that we have made for teaching these sessions. The opening icebreaker question for this session is, Describe a time when the Lord met a need of yours in an unexpected way. Icebreaker questions, as I've already mentioned in previous episodes, they have two really great qualities. Number one, there is no wrong answer because that will encourage people to speak up. And if they will answer the icebreaker, they will typically take a chance and ask and, or answer other questions that you're going to ask along the way. 
And then number two, uh, the number two characteristic of a great icebreaker is uh, it helps people to tell their stories, which this one obviously does. Describe a time when the Lord met a need of yours in an unexpected way. Maybe you're already thinking about a life circumstance that you've been through that you might share. Give your people time, though, to share first and only share first if they're really not you know, not too, uh, uh, too forthcoming with their stories, maybe be ready to share yours, giving them some time to think about what they might want to add after that. Well, uh, the first point in this lesson is that the Lord's provision tests his people's obedience. Here's what the scripture says. This is Exodus 16, verses 2 through 5. It says there, the entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt. When we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted, instead you brought us into the wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way, I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. Well, as we think about this opening uh, section, this first section of your Bible study, let's remember that uh, immediately as Israel has moved into the wilderness, they are tested by the Lord. And in Exodus 15, Verses 22 to 27, the Israelites were tested regarding water, which the Lord provided for them. In Exodus 16, the Israelites were tested with a lack of food, and they judged their situation solely with their eyes and their stomachs, forgetting God's mighty acts of salvation back in Egypt. And so the entire community of the people, they grumbled, and that suggests the murmuring had been festering and growing along with their hunger. But just as Israel, remember this, that as Israel was tested in the wilderness, so was our Savior Jesus. But where Israel failed, Jesus succeeded. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness, coinciding with Israel's 40 years in the wilderness. And remember that Satan tempted Jesus to turn stones into bread. You'll find that at Matthew chapter 4 and verse 3. Identifying with Israel's test, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 8.3, which says, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And we need Christ because no one can pass the test of obedience alone. This first section, the Lord's provision, test his people's obedience. Number two, our second section of this Bible study is titled, The Lord's Provision Continues Despite the People's Failings. This is a bit longer passage. It's from Exodus 16, verses 13 through 20, and then 27 through 30. So we've got a good number of verses here to cover in this middle section. Here's what the word says. So at evening, quail came, and they covered the camp. In the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, there were fine flakes on the desert surface, as fine as frost on the ground. And when the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, what is it? Because they didn't know what it was. 
Moses told them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual, according to the number of people each of you has in his tent. So the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some a little. When they measured it by quarts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus, and the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. Moses said to them, no one is to let any of it remain until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some people left part of it until the morning and it bred worms and stank. Therefore, Moses was angry with them. Yet on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they did not find any. And then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and instructions? Understand that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he will give you two days worth of bread. Each of you stay where you are. No one is to leave his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Well, in this section of your Bible study, uh, we're introducing yet another of the 99 essential doctrines. This one happens to be essential doctrine number 21, which says God is omnipotent. And here's the definition that you will find uh, from your leader guide. We define this doctrine by this, this way. God is all-powerful. That's the meaning of the word omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipowerful. There is nothing God cannot do so long as it does not contradict his own nature or law. God has power and authority over the universe that he created from the largest solar system to the smallest particle. Affirming that God is all-powerful does not mean that God can sin, since that would go against his perfect moral nature. As Christians, we rest in the belief that the God who has all power is good, and we gain great comfort by knowing that an all-powerful God is working for our good and for our joy. And so we want to make sure that the members of our Bible study groups understand this important doctrine, doctrine number 21. And it does mention here in these verses, uh, the last several, uh, verses 29 and 30, about the Sabbath and the way that the Lord would provide the double portion the day before so that the people could rest uh, on the Sabbath. And so uh, in the sidebar of your leader guide, uh, the teaching plan on page number 60, you're going to find a paragraph about the Sabbath, an explanation uh, of the Sabbath and what it was and why God created it. Uh, might be something that you're going to want to call your people's attention to. Well, we find here that you know just as God had promised uh, he would provide food for the Israelites. Quail came down in the evening and was an immediate supply of meat, and the quail covered the camp, and so there was no lack of food for anyone, and then the bread came down in the morning dew, and it, later, the latter, uh, this, the bread became a daily occurrence for the Israelites for the next 40 years. The quail and the bread uh, were both supernatural, miraculous provisions of God. And this miraculous provision points us to the omnipotence, the all-powerful nature of the Lord. God's omnipotence works for the good of his people. God could have provided the bread before Israel complained that their food supplies were running low, 
But this test would teach the people about their need for patience and dependence upon their all-powerful God, even during these hard times. And when the Israelites saw the flakes on the ground, they left by uh, they left by the evaporating dew the next day. Uh, they, they didn't recognize what was on the ground, and they asked, what is it? And therefore, they called this bread manna. I know that you'll remember that, right, from Scripture. They called it manna, which in the original Hebrew, it simply means, what is it? And every day for four decades, God provided a sufficient amount of bread for a large amount of people, millions of people, through these same miraculous means. And this purposeful miracle of bread from heaven only ceased after the people were settled into the promised land and they were eating off of the land. You might want to see Joshua chapter 5, verses 11 and 12 for that. But what a tremendous lesson that we need to know today. And our people in our Bible study groups need to recognize that even in difficult and sometimes uh, dire circumstances, God is still our provider. And often he will test us and, and see if we will trust him. He was doing this with his people in the wilderness. And so as we face challenging circumstances today, we need to remember that God's nature, it does not change. And the God who provided for his people, Israel, in the desert will also provide for his people today, no matter what our circumstances. Well, point number three in your Bible study is titled, The Lord's Provision is Gracious in response to his people's demands. This is from Exodus 17, so we shift into the next chapter, and it's verses 2 through 7. Here's what the word says. So the people complained to Moses, give us water to drink. Why are you complaining to me, Moses replied to them. Why are you testing the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and they grumbled against Moses. And they said, why did you ever bring us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? And then Moses cried out to the Lord, what should I do with these people? In a little while, they will stone me. And the Lord answered Moses, go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take the staff that you struck the Nile with in your hand and go. I am going to stand there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. When you hit the rock, water will come out of it and the people will drink. Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he named the place Massa and Meribah, which, or because uh, the Israelites complained, and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? Well, in these verses, you find God leading his people to a place called Rephidim, and when they arrived, the people found no water there. This is in verse uh, 1 of chapter 17. Well, Israel imagined that God and Moses had failed them again, and so they brought a demand, brought a charge, and presented evidence, and they anticipated the punishment. The first demand was to give us water. The second charge that was brought against the Lord and his representative, it was summed up in verse 3, that, that they had brought the people, God and Moses had brought the people out in the wilderness to kill them. And the third accusation, the Israelites presented the evidence for their case, the lack of water proved Moses' intent to kill them, not to protect them. And then fourth, the penalty required the death sentence as the people made plans to stone Moses. And Moses could do nothing but cry out to the Lord in prayer, fearing for his life. Yet his cry of prayer sounded a lot like the complaining of Israel. What should I do with these people? 
Well, the rock that Moses struck with the rod of judgment foreshadows the judgment that Christ would receive so that his people could be saved. And the Apostle Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 10.4 that the rock that received the blow of judgment and poured forth water was Christ. And on the, on the cross, Jesus Christ took the judgment that we deserve for our sin so that we might be saved. And from Christ, through repentance and faith, we receive that flowing, that living water. It flows to us and produces eternal life in us. The word says, whoever drinks from the water that I give him, this is Jesus speaking, they will never be thirsty again. In fact, the water that I give them will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Well, there is a, a tremendous application that I want to call your attention to on page 64 of your leader guide. It's in the My Response section. This is the place where we provide several suggestions, three in fact, of how your group might respond to the Bible study. I love this middle one. The second one uh, this week is just tremendous, and it goes back to the grumbling and complaining of Israel. And it says here that when we are tempted to grumble and complain, our hearts reveal what we think about God. God's response of grace and generosity to his people, in spite of their grumbling and complaining, should help us resist the temptation to be unthankful and anxious. God is always good and is always working faithfully in us through his Holy Spirit so that we will be satisfied in him alone. Well, I hope that you might consider calling your group's attention to that and challenging them. This has challenged me to think about the times that I grumble and complain. I really have no reason for that because my God is always for me and always seeking ways to provide for my needs and those of my family. I need to remember those times that he is that omnipotent God who can provide for his people at all times. Well, in the extra section of your leader material this week, you are going to find an abundance of illustrations. In fact, uh, we have placed three different uh, tremendous visually impacting illustrations in these uh, this section called Extra in the back of your uh, leader guide for this week's, uh, this week's lesson. Uh, three different illustrations, all that uh, just make tremendous points and create those visual, uh, those visual images in people's minds. I would encourage you to at least use one or two of these. You may not want to use all three, but at least one or two, maybe one to open the session, maybe one in the middle or one to close it uh, would be a good idea. And let me give you a teaching tip this week as a way for us to round out our time together. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, our people uh, do not uh, do not like to respond much to our questions, and I mentioned that in a previous podcast. But I want to give you another tip on how to deal with this. And you've got two different postures from which you can teach the Bible study. You can either stand or you can sit. And what I have found is when we stand, maybe we're at a lectern or we're just holding the Bible, and you know, we're at the front of the classroom. Uh, sometimes that becomes an authority position when we're standing up and standing over our people. I would encourage you to assume a different posture of teaching this week, just to try this out if you don't normally do this, but I would encourage you to have a sit, just sit among your people, uh, teach from a sitting posture, because when you, when you stand over someone, you're standing in an authority position, but when you sit, you are saying to them, I am one of you, I am with you, I am a, a, co, a co-laborer, a co, a co, you know, someone on a, a, the similar journey that you're on, and it is a great position. This is my favorite position to teach. I like to teach my group in a circle, 
but I also like to sit with them in the circle because it helps me to foster really real discussion with them as I'm throwing out those questions. And so try that this week. Try teaching from a sitting posture and see what kind of a difference that makes. My name is Ken Braddy. It's been good to be with you, LifeWay's Director of Sunday School, and I love that you are teaching the Gospel Project, a Christ-centered chronological study of the Word of God. I will see you next week as we continue on in our new year, 2022, our new year of study, and we will move into a brand new session in the book of Exodus next week. I'll see you then.